And welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we have a fun one in store today as we welcome Marco Mania to the show. Obviously a part of a couple of uh, new and impactful stables out here on the West Coast. You know, him... Um, Fabricio and Pollo Del Mar make up uh, Money, Power, Respect in the Bay Area, as well as the adding in Dark Sheik and Anton Voorhees. The caution to that trio makes the agenda, which have been uh, doing fun and awesome things down in uh, UGWA uh, in the same area as well. So, yeah, I'd had, love to have the, the chance to sit down and talk to Marco. You know, he's one of the uh, the three people behind the full queer event that we talked about, um, or that I wrote about back in Pride Month a, a little while back. And they're gearing up for their second show at the uh, Barrison Street Festival this Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun little uh time there, uh, but not only are they having their second event, but they're also introducing their second championship there, um, and uh, likely the second championship that I've seen announced that really um, ties into the Bear community specifically. Obviously, when we had Madness from Pride Championship Wrestling on a little while back, you know, he, he was uh, preparing to crown the first ever Lucha Oso champion. Uh, with a very nice belt down there. Well, this weekend in uh, in the Bay Area, Full Queer is going to crown the first uh, Lone Star champion named uh, in honor of the Lone Star Bar, very uh, popular and uh, long, I'd say, long-standing uh, bear bar there in the Bay Area as well. So there's a lot going on for Marco, but we, we chat about full queer we chat about his you know journey back to wrestling and also you know his relationship with Poyle Del Mar who uh you know is it's kind of a full circle sort of thing uh whenever you really hear the story but uh you'll we'll we'll get to that here in just a second before we do though I did tease a little something on last week's show obviously as the end of the year rapidly approaches <laughs> that means that it's almost uh, QWI time now obviously the QWI 200 list will be coming out in December but I wanted to do something a little bit uh, extra uh, this time around and try something to go along with the QWI that you know celebrates so many of the different uh, facets and different uh, elements that really make pro wrestling amazing um with an lgbtq uh swing to it obviously and uh also kind of let you the listeners the fans kind of be able to have a voice in a lot of this so i am here to announce that we are going to be having a uh, qwi awards uh I don't want to say ceremony because this is not really a ceremony as a podcast, but we're going to have QWI awards this year um, with in multiple categories, all coming down from like wrestler of the year all the way down to like best look or um, all kinds of different stuff. 
Um, and all of you will be able to help uh, choose who wins, really, from the beginning of the process to the end. Um, on Monday, this coming Monday, October 25th, I am going to release the uh, first form uh, for any listener who would like to participate to fill out uh, their options uh, for each category that we're going to have there. Um, you know, this and this list based off of responses and as well as my own input on this, we're going to craft out nominations uh, that will go live in November for fans to vote. And then that is how the winners will be determined by, uh, by fan vote. So this is your chance to have uh, your voice heard. Um, it's I'm looking forward to it. I think I, this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really, really eager to see what all of you think as compared to what I think. It's always fun to kind of watch the, the diverse array of opinions and, and favorites that comes out in these sort of things. So... I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Uh, keep your eye on the LGBT in the Ring Twitter account at LGBT Ring Pod. Also, my Twitter account at Wonderboy OTM uh, for whenever the that first link where all of you will be able to nominate your favorites in each category will go live on Monday, October 25th. Um, yeah, it's I'm excited. I'm I'm really really excited. You know what I'm also excited for though. A chance to sit down with Marco Mania. So let's get to that right now. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. I am excited to have as my guest this week someone who has been uh, making a name for himself on the West Coast uh, as of late. Someone who is one-third of the team behind Full Queer, who is going to be holding their second event coming up at the Bears and Street Fair this weekend in San Francisco, where they have a new championship that needs a waste for it to go around. And I guess we're going to find out who will hold that title coming up on the 23rd of October here. But more importantly, he is one half of the East Bay Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions alongside uh, his tag team, the fabulous uh, tag team partner, the fabulous Fabricio. One half, or possibly even one third, if we want to, if we want to throw polio in there as well, and I know I should because she will come for me if I don't. Of money, power, and respect, please welcome the marvelous Marco Mania to LGBT in the ring. How you doing, Marco? I'm doing great. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be on this podcast with you. No, I'm I'm excited to have you on as well, and because there's you have a lot of stuff, fun stuff going on, um, but also I really whenever we spoke uh, a few months back ahead of your uh, debut show for Full Queer, um, there was just a I just really liked the conversation that we had, and like I and I really liked some of your perspective on how you got into pro wrestling and 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 kind of your vision for it as well when when starting to move into this. Uh, promoting role in a way so yeah. yeah i'm stoked to to be able to to chat with you a little bit more about you know not just your your career but also what y'all have going on a full queer because like y'all are going back at it again this weekend yeah. with another show yeah uh, talk to me a little bit about um what's what kind of has gone into to this event coming up uh with the at the Bearson street fair because i as i 
as I recollect in our conversations, the title belt that y'all are introducing has some connection to the bear community in the Bay. Yes. So what happened was I've been, um, I've been really, not really good friends, but, you know, casual friends with one of the owners of the Lone Star, Charlie. And he used to be a pro wrestler in Australia. So I guess with the, um, with the organizers of the fair, they, he was uh, one of them and they reached out to him or he reached out to them and said something about, well, I wanna, what if we ran a wrestling show uh, during the fair? We can have it, you know, um, uh, we can have it during the street fair and I want to introduce uh, a Lone Star Championship belt. So that turned into the, Lone Star Championship belt, he reached out to me because he knew that um, I was a wrestler, that I am a wrestler, and how enthusiastic I am about it, and said, hey, what do you think about helping me out, put together a show um, at the Barrison Street Fair, and I said, yeah, that sounds fun, you know, I know enough wrestlers where it'd be really cool to do that, and um, he said, well, what do you think about introducing um, the Lone Star Championship belt. And it's another belt that he was adamant. I want it to be um, all inclusive. Um, There's no um, gender attached to it, any kind of anything. Anyone can um, win it. It could be defended anywhere. And um, so I I even helped get to design the belt, which I, I, I'm really excited about the Lone Star. They love it so much. They're doing uh, an unveiling party this Friday night where they even they're setting up like a photo booth or a location where the patrons can come to the bar and get their picture taken with the belt before the show. No, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So yeah. that's uh, I'm I'm you know, I'm getting receiving all these blessings and it's really um, something that I'm uh so appreciative of but at the same time i just kind of sometimes i'll sit and think like wow like as short of a time as i've been involved in pro wrestling like i have all these great wonderful things that have happened and all these awesome people i've met and these stories that i can share and it's just kind of like well what's going to happen in another two years where you know what where am i going to be at in the grand scheme of things no it's it's always like it's fun to kind of have these these pictures of the future that you can work towards and even if they all do have like unknown elements to them as well you know (laughs) sorry about that that's my my therapy my emotional support dog (laughs) no worries francis just wanted to say hi everyone yes yes And Francis is quite adorable, by the way, for those that, that can't see uh, listening on the show. Um, but no, it's, it's really interesting that, that you you mentioned it, like in the short time that you have been involved in pro wrestling, you've already like sort of already like carved out a place almost uh, for yourself in, in the Bay Area. And I know oh. that, you know, you've you've been in, in that area for, for a long time previous to that before you got into pro wrestling. Talk to me a little bit about um about what it means to kind of be one of the one of the companies that is um well, i guess one of the promotions or, or promote like 
promotional sort of i guess how do you characterize full queer by the way is it like a promotion or is it just like a house or <laughs> uh i don't know i think it's like both right so mm-hmm. uh i did tell him though look if i'm gonna help design the championship belt i want it to be you know like in association with full queer so if i put full queer logos on the belt don't be surprised because this is something that I'm very proud of. And um, uh, we didn't have any kind of full queer anything with the Prince X of Pride title. And, you know, that's something that, you know, maybe one day I'll have to revisit the design of that belt and add some full queer logos because I, I definitely, I love the name. I love how unapologetic it is. And, um, and, uh, so it is kind of like a house. It's a movement. It's a promotion because uh, when we were putting together the first full queer, I was very adamant. Like I don't want this to be one of those things where we do it um, just for show, right? Oh, it's Pride Month. We're gonna do a Pride show. I'm like, we can start the first one in June, but I want it to be. I don't want it to just be a Pride Month show. So when I was approached with the street fair, I go, okay, that's cool. I'm gonna, um, you know, uh, partner this up with full queer. So it's kind of, it's not like a, it's like the Barrison Street Fair um, <clears throat> featuring full queer for the wrestling show. Uh, I'm already planning to do one um, valentine's day weekend i think that'd be really cool to do it uh on a sunday we could do it like tea dance hours so um uh so that'll probably be the next one and then the uh, one after that hopefully will be next june which um would be great so like one of my goals for full queer would be to actually have it have an actual show at a venue in san francisco which Mm. would be really sweet no that would be awesome honestly because like I mean, the, the entire Bay Area kind of has that vibe in different ways, but San Francisco yeah. is like the the core of that and yeah. whenever it comes to that. So that would be awesome to see, especially knowing San Francisco's long legacy with pro wrestling as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, uh, before we get to full queer, because I do want to talk to you about like kind of the formation of that as well, but I want to know a little bit more about... Um, how you came to pro wrestling specifically um because i know when we previously spoke um like you kind of talked about uh your relationship with polio a lot yeah um and i i'm just curious um exactly how did you come into pro wrestling i this is such a funny story i trained probably from 2000 to 2003 um never really did like any big shows it was you know, smaller stuff. And for whatever reason, life sent me on a different path. And when I was on the bear chest calendar, uh, Poyo was running the wrestling for charity shows at El Toro nightclub. And the first few ones that she invited me to, um, we always had like a calendar event or a calendar meeting. And then there was one that she invited me and I was like, oh, I can make this one. I don't have any calendar commitments let me rally the troops and so a few of us showed up we brought our championship belts I was wearing a nasty pig singlet and um 
we were just we just had the most fun. I, I don't really. I think one of the matches was Rick Luxury versus Jerry Gigolo, and I've known Rick Luxury probably twenty one years. When I moved back to the Bay Area from Phoenix, uh, I met Rick, and he had a wrestling ring in his backyard, and he we all started training, and I always remained in contact with them i mean we wouldn't communicate like every day or every week but i could always get a hold of him he could always get a hold of me and when i found out he was at the show i messaged him i was like oh my gosh it'll be so good to see you wrestle again in person and so uh we loved it so much we kept coming back to the shows and there was one show where um i had like my finn balor i I had custom gear made. So I had, and it was like actual pro wrestling gear. Mm -hmm. So I had my WrestleMania 34 Finn Balor trunks with the matching kick pads, with the matching knee pads, with my calendar vest and my Marco Mania rainbow logo t-shirt. And I had like my leather sir cap on. And um, it was Jerry Gigolo versus Rick Luxury in an evening gown match. And after the match, uh, Jerry Gigolo and Pollo Del Mar, they brought me into the ring. And um, we just kind of like paraded around and Pollo was like, oh my gosh, like the crowd loves us. And then afterwards, my trainer, he would always like, after the show, we'd chit chat a little. He's like, oh, you know, you should think about coming back and training. And um, I was like, oh yeah, you know, maybe one day we'll see, whatever. And it was June. 2019 and it was after that show he came up to me and he's like uh you should really think about training the crowd was really into it when you got in the ring you have your friends that come here every week people know you and um i think you do really well and so i thought about it i talked with my friends mark and bill i was like gosh because we would always go to the show and i talked to them and i was like gosh what do you think i should do it's like a now or never moment and uh, so I went there, uh, I talked, before I signed up, I spoke with the owner and I said, look, if I do this, I don't want um, to come in here and be made a parody or any kind of like stereotype. Um, I am openly gay, but I don't wanna come in here and have to be a hairdresser or a makeup artist or um, just some kind of, um, stereotype that'll um, draw heat by catering to the homophobic fans and he was like oh no we don't want to do that we would you know we want you to be who you are and um and that's kind of how it happened I started training and within four months uh, a lot of the stuff came back to me and within four months they were like um we have this angle for you you're going to join this faction and your first match, it's going to be you, Traps, McBride, uh, Traps and uh, McBride. And you're going to be wrestling Dino Gaines, Victor Von Richter, and Big Juicy. And this was Big Juicy's first match back from uh, the Fale Dojo. Mm. And basically, it was like, you're really not going to do any wrestling moves. You're just going to um, bump and feed for them. And, and you're going to be the guy, the fall guy. You take the pin. And so I was like, fine, that's great. I love bumping. I love selling. It's one of like, you know, the things that I really pride myself on. And um, the funny story about that is um, Juicy gives me a Samoan drop. Boom. This is like the finish of the match. Boom. Samoan drop. 
I think somehow he picks me up, gives me like this spinning power slam. And um, then he, his splash was from the second rope. He go from the second rope and splash. And so I'm looking I'm like, oh, why is he not on the second rope? And then I looked up even more and he was on the top <laughs> rope. And at the time he was probably 400 pounds. And he, uh, he didn't jump off the top rope. Thank God he just did a timber. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if I die, I die. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't die, but people asked me, did that splash hurt? I go, no, actually what hurt more was the spinning power slam he hit before that. <laughs> so that was uh, my um, introduction into becoming a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. What was it like coming back after such a, a long layoff? Because like you said, you trained for like two, two, up to like 2003, but then yeah. there's like this decade plus span there where, where you haven't stepped into a ring on a regular basis. Uh, a, a lot of things came back natural for me. Uh, I felt like I was in uh, decent enough shape where I wasn't going to have to excuse myself and throw up. Um, you know, the things that were frustrating, I would make a note of it. And then I would ask my trainer, um, Rick Luxury, and at the time, Jody Warpig, um, if we could do like private one-on-one so I wouldn't have to take away from the class and that way I could learn faster. So I did a few of those. I want to say maybe like four or six one-on-ones. And then by then it was just like, okay, you got the things that uh, you need to learn. You know, some of the, now the things that I was really um, struggling with like running ropes, because when you run ropes, you hit the ropes, you always want to lift your right leg up like John Cena. And uh, that really bothered me. So I asked Jody Warpig to teach me how to run ropes like he does. And now like that's one of my things that I'm the proudest of is how I run ropes is because I hit them like Warpig. So um, and people have asked me too, like, we love the way you run ropes who taught you. And I just kind of chuckle and I'm like, oh, uh, Jody taught me how to run ropes. So it was so funny, too. Uh, one of the guys who trained at East Bay Pro, he went to the Nightmare Factory, Rude Dragon, and he was running ropes like I do. Um, and Cody Rhodes asked him about it, like, how do you run, you know, uh, you run ropes really cool. It's like, you know, uh, how you um, attack the ropes. And he asked him about it and he goes, oh, that's Warpig Jody Christofferson. That's how he would run ropes. And Marco... Back at home, that's how he run ropes too. And I really like the way that they run them like that. So mm. so we have kind of like a lineage now of the way <laughs> we run ropes. But yeah, that was just, uh, the things that were difficult, I just made a mental note and then I would just, you know, on the side, like, hey, can we meet uh, off hours? So to not be a distraction, to not take away from the beginners. Uh, and that way I could kind of get up to speed where everyone else, where everyone else was at in the training. Mm. Was there any, like, I guess for lack of a better word, like trepidation on your part, like having such a long layoff and, and getting back into the ring? Any, anytime it was like, anytime I had any of that, it was like, dude, if, if, you know, it's, it's an hour never moment because you're not getting any younger. So if you don't do it now, then, you know, shut up about it and just be a fan. <laughs> and now since you have, like, you've, you know, not just ha- are you having individual success, but also with like 
you work with full queer, like it seems like it's, it's been a really beneficial step that you've taken. Yeah. I, again, like in this short time, I just feel like there's just been so many blessings that have come my way and uh, you know, every opportunity I really just try to stress to make the most of it. Right. Even if it's meeting a wrestler that I look up to, or um, I was having a conversation with Poyo the other uh, the other day where it was like, look, if nothing else, right, if I stay a local wrestler, which I hope I don't, I hope we get to continue to travel and work other wrestlers. But if I'm able to provide opportunities to other wrestlers that um, struggle to get opportunities to get booked elsewhere and uh, with full queer and other other opportunities that I'm able to help book shows, there's another project that um, one of my friends in San Diego, he trains in Southern California. He reached out to me and was like, hey, I have this opportunity. Um, do you think you could help me put together a show um, next year? So, you know, once we get like the go ahead on that, I could talk to you about it off of the podcast, but it's something that um, it's just one of those things like, wow, if this happens, like I can uh stop wrestling the next day and i would just look back and be like wow i just did so many cool things <laughs> no that's awesome to hear that there's you know continuing to be more stuff yeah. coming uh coming onto your plate in that way um especially considering the stuff you've already done um you know looking at full queer let's talk a little bit more about about full queer because obviously you come back to wrestling you start wrestling but then this idea kind of comes up between you Juicy and D Rogue out yeah. there in the Bay. Um, how did Full Queer kind of first pop up as an idea for, for a show? Uh, 2019, we were going to have a Pride show. 2020, we started talking about it back in 2019. Uh, we were going to have Fred Rozier on the show, Keita Murray, um, and it was just going to be like a hey, it's Pride Month. We're doing this really cool Pride show. Um, which I love. It was like going to be phenomenal. We had so many great matches planned and um, COVID happened. So that got put on hold. So then when we started talking about um, getting back to doing regular shows, Juicy and D-Rogue uh, approached me. They were like, hey, like we... Um, we want to see if you'd want to be involved in um, doing a pride show. And I was like, Oh yeah. I just thought like they would book me. It'd be like the opening match and like, Oh cool. Like go out and words are like, no, like we want to do like this really cool thing feature a lot of up and coming LGBTQ plus wrestlers and highlight them. A lot of them that are on the West coast that are not back East or in the South that, you know, get booked on the GCW shows or the, the really the cool um like the mv young shows or the paris is bumping right because maybe they just started out so they don't kind of have that buzz going for them yet um but we could feature them promote it on social media and have it just be like a really fun experience for everybody and that's kind of how it started and then with the prince x of pride title it was like okay well let's have uh, a tournament for the belt and um and that's kind of how it started. So they kind of approached me about it and were like, hey, you know, what do you think about us doing 
a thing. And then just one day with my friends before the conversation uh, with the admins of LPWC plus, uh, we were just kind of joking around like what would be some really fun parody gay names of pay-per-view events. And um, someone said full queer. I was like, oh my God, I love that. And in the back of my mind, that was like my favorite one we came up with. And um, uh, I asked the person who uh, came up with it. I was like, hey, we're doing this pride show. This is what I think of calling it. Would you, would you be cool if we used it? And he was like, oh my God, that, that would be like so cool. I would love it. So that's kind of how the name Full Queer started. So, um, that's, so that's how the idea of the show started. Uh, I had the Prince X of Pride belt uh, made and we were just, we thought of like, let's do a tournament show. Mm. No, I, 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 first off, the name just is just too good. So yeah. like, it's just it's perfect. And then I really liked the, the idea of the, the title that, y- that y'all were presenting on that as well, you know, with it yeah. being like non-gendered and defended in anywhere that anywhere else. And I think the shade is a perfect uh, first champion there and he's been love the shade yes and he's going to be defending the title on saturday at the street fair i cannot wait i, I was hoping yes yeah that was the first person i contacted with the street fair i was like hey before i even put together uh any of the other matches i was like please tell me that you can work this show on the 23rd and um he's even coming out with his girlfriend moxie Awesome. I am looking forward to meeting her in person. And um, at that at the East Bay Pro show that night, it's going to be the Shade and Moxie versus me and Fabuloso Fabricio. Okay. so so I'll be nice to them at the street fair. But hey, when you step into my house, (laughs) all bets are off. Exactly. That's honestly, that's the way it should be when it comes to the pro wrestling in that way. No, that's that's awesome. I I'm hearing that match. I'm stoked for it. I've really enjoyed watching. Obviously, the shade is great, but Moxie, you know, here in in their rookie year has been awesome to kind of watch the growth already yeah. start to form and, and the people that that Moxie's been able to get in the ring with. Is really I'm a huge awesome. fan. So when the shade said that he and Moxie would be there, I just started telling everybody. I was like, get ready! Oh my gosh. <laughs> the shade and moxie are going to be back in the bay so god it's going to be so much fun yeah um so you brought up something that that is something that that has been very interesting for me to kind of watch and develop as lgbtq presences within pro wrestling have been on the rise in recent years a lot of it is kind of like on the east coast a lot of it is on the east coast the midwest a bit in in the southeast as well yeah, there is a, a very bustling community of queer pro wrestlers on the West Coast as well. And yeah. I always go back to um, last year around uh, announcements being made about the Big Gay Brunch, whenever, you know, Dark Sheik pointed out, um, you know, the West Coast has something to say. And I, you know, I know that that her comment wasn't necessarily just about the queer wrestlers. Yeah. But it was about the West Coast wrestling environment in general. Yeah. What was it like for you or what, how, what was the importance for you whenever putting together a show like this specifically for West Coast talent? Uh, that was really one of the main goals for me was to highlight 
uh, West Coast talent. And there were people that even reached out um, uh, from, from, you know, from the Midwest and from the East Coast uh, that I would have loved to have booked them. But I was like, look, we're on like a very startup kind of budget. So, um, but it was really cool, you know, just to, to have that kind of um, interest from other LGBTQ plus wrestlers. And it was really cool. There were a few people who through Twitter messaged me and were like, hey, we'd love to be a part of this. Uh, would, you know, would you be able to um, book us on the show? Um, and Juicy and Dero couldn't, you know, say the same thing as well. Uh, even like Jacob Fatu and his brother Journey, when they were like, hey, we um, were big um, allies and advocates. And if possible, could we wrestle on the show? Which to me, it was like, Jacob Fatu and Journey Fatu, of course, like, you know, um, ad we we'll gladly add them. So it was just really flattering to have the kind of, um, interest that we did and it was very important for us to make it a point to highlight all of the talent that are out here on the west coast and people like Keita Murray he's doing phenomenal he was in a freaking grinder um advertisement <laughs> yeah which I was just like oh my god like the coolest guy and he's doing a a, a, a video a promo video for grinder uh, Jay Vidal is has blown up and um, had his victory in the Big Gay Brunch scramble. And you know what was funny is while the Big Gay Brunch was happening, somehow Poyo butt dialed me during the show <laughs> and handed the phone to Jay Vidal, like here, hold my phone, while she FaceTime called me. I don't think she knew what the hell was going on, but it was Jay Vidal, and I was like, oh my God, hey, congrats on your win. He's like oh my God, hey, how are you doing? I was like, I, I don't know what's going on, but it's really good to see you. And I'm like, I'm going to go hang up now. And he's like, okay, I was just holding Poyo's phone for her. <laughs> uh, God, it's, it, honestly, it doesn't surprise me considering some of the, the chaos that goes on at, those big, at the big yeah. game brunches. But yeah. no, I'm, I'm with you. And, and I think the real like testament coming out of Full Queer, at least for me, was like being not just like the known names, the ones that are getting their names out there a bit more like Keita, yeah. like Jay, um, and and like, you know, even like, uh, um, oh God, why did the name just run out of my brain? Oh, Marino. Um, yeah, Mariah. Mar Mariah, Mar Mariah, thank you. I don't know why yes. that, that name just ran out of my brain. Love her. Yes, and seeing Mariah Marino being back on the show, but you also had a good um, amount of, lesser known talent yeah. that are outstanding and just yeah. kind of getting started in, in the ring. People like, you know, Jet Jameson and Abigail Warren um, and um, um, Mid uh, Midas as well, you know, yeah. And JMM. Who I absolutely love who um, she should be booked on like every show. Um, she was on, she was on full queer and like did phenomenal. Uh, and uh, I just can't say enough nice things about her. And she's somebody now that every time I see her at a show, it's like, hug, oh my God, how are you doing? Um, so good to see you. And she's definitely somebody that, you know, for future full queer shows, she's like definitely on the show. Um, somebody, oh gosh, who, Snipes. 
in Southern California. Love him. I had worked a show with him at Compton Mania and it was like a big hug, like, great to see you. He's somebody again who um, future shows definitely like has to be booked. Great, great guy. And it was really cool for me to meet all of these uh, wrestlers in person and put a name to a face uh, because it's much different to actually meet them and see them in person and watch them wrestle in person than it is to see a 10 second clip or watch a match on YouTube. No, it, it definitely is. And, and I think, you know, being able to give them chances to get into the ring with, you know, people that are more established in, in that way. Like I really like the structure of the tournament because it seemed like every first round matchup was like someone who had like has built themselves up with a name versus someone who's just on the come up. Yeah. And, and that yeah. I, I really liked that mix there. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know, it was just a really fun, um, also can't mention that tournament without shouting out, uh, Bambina and Brittany wonder too. Both I of love them. Bambina. So, she, so I'll, I'll just drop this now on the mm-hmm. podcast. I haven't even announced it on social media. We haven't, uh, the, the Bearson street fair, they're the ones that are like, we're going to do all the match announcements. And I was like, okay, here's the match. Here's the times, you know, the time blocks that everything's um, taking place, but the shade is defending the Prince X of pride title against the great Bambina. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm into it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm really excited about that match. It's going to be really cool. Yes. No, I, I am definitely on board with that idea. Like yeah. I Bambina is someone who I've really enjoyed getting to know um, within pro wrestling circles and just great mind for yeah. the business as well super creative i could talk wrestling with bambina like non-stop oh yeah same here all right yens thank you so much for tuning into lgbt in the ring uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things but i do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at Sarah in the Safe Word.bandcamp.com. Um, Check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. So talk to me a little bit about 
I want to go back to full queer for just a second, because like you, like I said, like you had all these young talents coming in and getting, you know, a chance to kind of chop it up on a larger platform with people that were more established. Um, and I don't know about like that 2003 era for you, mm-hmm. but do, did that in any way kind of influence this idea of like, well, I want to create these opportunities for these up and coming um, out LGBTQ talents in in a, in a way that maybe in the like 2003 era indie pro wrestling wasn't doing. Yeah, I th- that's like I'm I'm um, very adamant about that. Any kind of opportunity that I'm able to afford anybody else, I'm all about it. Um, what growing up watching wrestling, there were no there was gold dust, right? But when Jerry Lawler asked him, are you queer? He adamantly said, no. So it was kind of this idea, like we're going to give you this super androgynous, um, to me, Goldust was definitely someone who um, like played upon the idea of homophobia, which kind of made him a heel. I loved you know, blonde wig gold dust, because to me, that was someone who I could relate to. It was like RuPaul um, painted her face gold and was a wrestler. Um, and so to have this straight person playing gay, then they ask him, are you gay? He says, no, it was just kind of like, well, that sucked. And I don't really remember anybody who was like openly gay in the 90s as a wrestler in the 2000s so fast forward a number of years now i think that it's definitely important um to provide opportunities for up-and-coming wrestlers even wrestlers who shouldn't who should be on every lgbtq pride show every kind of show with representation and maybe they're not booked as often as they should and you know through full queer we can have them um, showcase and um, have it get out on social media. So I think that's really important. One of my favorite local drag queens, um, one of the things that she would always close her show out with is uh, her name's Grace Towers. Uh, she would always she was always preach the idea of existence is resistance. So by even us just exist existing it's kind of like the we're getting rid of the old ways of pro wrestling where it was only run by older white guys who uh this is our idea of what pro wrestling should be you should be six foot five um huge biceps pecs abs and the women are only going to be in um brawn panty matches it's like you know we're we're uh completely doing the opposite of that now um, with a lot of these shows, so, which um, I'm really happy to see because, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago was non-existent. No, and I, I'm happy to see it as well. I think very similarly to you, like Gold Dust was like my like first cornerstone as well. Yeah. And like as eye-opening and as um, I guess, uh, as, as much as Goldust could provide some kind of like reference point for, yeah. for, for that community and for that sort of identity, it still obviously had a lot of underlying issues that eventually right. rose to the top, you know, with subsequent Jerry Lawler segments. Um, so, yeah, like I, I think that while it, it really speaks to the fact that 
young LGBTQ pro wrestling fans or or wrestlers for that matter too actually have people in a community to latch on to instead of having to settle for just like the crumbs at the bottom of the potato chip bag right, in a way yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just really awesome to see and I'm, I'm sure being part of that movement for yourself has has been um a good thing personally <laughs> i love it again you know now when i meet these people who are you know i run into the people who were on the full queer show it's just like you know running into family and like the just you know the um mutual admiration we have it's just really cool i just saw Sandra Moon um, at West Coast Pro a few weeks back and um, oh, it was just great to see her and it's always just um, such a pleasure and you know like when I get to see the shade and meet Moxie it's going to be like uh, hanging out with um, my cousin um, mm. so I'm, I'm really happy about that I'm really happy about the people that I've met so far and you know uh, I'm just one of these Scorpios who they're very big on loyalty so the the people who have been good to me I'm gonna take them along with me for whatever wherever this journey takes me no that's what family does yeah <laughs> speaking of family though uh since full queer went down um you yourself have been a kind of building a, a little family alongside uh, some other wrestlers on the west coast here um money power respect yes Yes. So obviously that you and Fabricio uh, are currently the East Bay Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions yes. with your manager, Poyle Del Mar, who yes. is building herself into the queer Bobby Heenan almost. Um, wow. <laughs> she has her hands in so many different pots. The texting where she's like, here's where I'm going. Here's what's going on with this. Get ready because we have to. Here's where this wrestling journey is taking us. We're like, okay, we have our seatbelts on, let's go. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a really fun dynamic to watch kind of grow, you know, and to see a different side of you too, because like Money, Power, Respect is very much like a, um, a heel or like a, has a much more of a, 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 a tinge of evil to it yeah. um, as opposed to like, you know, I think what a lot of people would be used to seeing from, from you, whether it be with LPWC Plus or mm -hmm. um, from you know, doing full queer shows. Yeah. What has it been like for you to kind of develop this, um, this stable, this tag team alongside Fabricio and Pollo and to watch it kind of grow in the way that it has? It's just been such a natural fit. Um, yeah, it's just been such a natural fit because the thing that a lot of times you get two guys that are just thrown together and we're like, okay, you're going to tag together because, uh, so-and-so didn't show up so now we have to add you as a tag team where it's like when I first started training I was like I want to work with Fab because he was just on his shit he he shows up to practice every day he busts his ass every day and that was motivation for me I was like that's the guy that I need to shadow that's the guy that I need to work with and when I debuted it was actually to help him win a battle royal and then end up helping him, I think the next show become the East Bay pro heavyweight champion. So without, I kind of indirectly maybe willed it into existence. And then uh, once we came back from during our COVID break, 
we were just texting like, hey, you know, what do you think about when we get back tagging? And he lost the heavyweight title during um, the pandemic because we would do um, closed studio tape shows. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, this is like the universe is telling us like we need to tag together. So we were tagging together. We do really well. We're always researching um, uh matches from the 70s 80s 90s players always sending us stuff so we're always just trying to like keep our moves fresh keep our psychology on point and uh Poyo started going to our student shows and uh because I would just say hey you should come and hang out and watch and then the three of us we started talking like the three of us together like we could really do something cool and unique and like people are not really doing this and uh Poyo's just she's a superstar so for us to even be involved with her um it's just been such a uh another blessing that has come our way and it's just been greatly received like oh my gosh the blessing of Poyo um everyone loves her we have this thing where our music hits Fab and I walk out to the end of the entranceway then we'll like tap each other and let's go and we'll pull the curtains apart and she walks out and the crowd fucking loses their mind when they <laughs> see her and our last match we had against jacob in journey fought two she was getting in the ring trying to fight jacob fought two and afterwards i was like did you really get in the ring and think you were going to fight jacob fought two and she's like i didn't <laughs> want to see you guys lose so. <laughs> I think I was that the clip where uh, the most recent one that's been circulating a bit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where it zooms in on her face and it looks so demonic. And it's yep. Just, <laughs> I sent you the picture. I was like, why, why are you like this? Why are you like this? <laughs> and someone turned it into a video where it starts there and it zooms in on her face. Oh Lord. We love a vindictive, a vindictive and, queen. And we do. And um, we started we started a, a, a faction at underground wrestling alliance um with dark chic and anton Voorhees, which um everyone look out because uh if you're not with the agenda then you're on our agenda as poya would say so that to have that kind of um um alliance right she is turning into the the heenan family or like the dangerous alliance in wcw um she she truly is the manager of champions so uh the, you know the things that we have planned for um 2022 when she's telling us look uh i'm trying to get you guys booked here we're gonna show up here here's what we got going on with this um we're just trying to um just be proactive as possible and just stay ready how does it feel to kind of have that full circle moment where like, you know, Polio was, you know, instrumental in kind of getting you back into pro wrestling. And then yeah. like a few years down the line, she is like so intimately involved with this, the stable and, and everything that's going on now. Like, what has yeah. it been like for you to kind of have that full circle moment with, with Polio? I tell her that all the time. I'm like, how crazy is it that you started in wrestling for charity really you know putting together these shows i started coming as a fan and by the end of wrestling for charity um poyo and rick were telling me they were like well at least now 
if you start training, you'll have better gear than half of the locker room here tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So it is a full circle moment. And we remind each other constantly like, wow, who would have thought three years ago, all of this would have been happening. So when she calls me and tells me, oh my God, so-and-so from Impact Wrestling is following me on Twitter. I can't believe it. Or uh, telling me her experience at uh, NWA Empower. I, it's just like, she deserves all of it and more. And it is a really cool moment for us to be like, hey, we're on this kind of you know uh, journey together in pro wrestling and uh, all the cool things that we've done so far. Um, and for me, it was cool to be like, hey, Uh, back when we did we have this tag match why don't we start this thing where you come out no one knows what you're doing there and then it you reveal that you're aligned with us and now we're going to take over pro wrestling um on the independent pro wrestling on the west coast (laughs) so we started this like fun thing too with the midnight heat on on twitter um because to me to me to poyo to anyone who pays attention to independent pro wrestling, Midnight Heat, they're, they're by far the top tag team on the West Coast. So anyone who gets booked to work uh, against the Midnight Heat, it's, that's like anybody who uh, is a tag team, any tag team who really wants to um, challenge themselves, you have to have that match with the Midnight Heat right now because they are top of the mountain and the hottest tag team on the west coast so we were kind of you know trying to um lure them or just plant those seeds at least so hopefully 2022 that'll be um like the the dream match that we make happen hopefully no there are a lot of like really awesome tag teams on the west coast that you Mm -hmm. definitely set your sights on midnight heat i've you know, seeing them work here in Portland, uh, yeah. the the select number of times that I have, like, yeah, they are, they are definitely uh, the cream there, along alongside teams like the Bash Bros. Um, and, Love the Bash Bros. I want to wrestle them too. Uh, yes. Maybe in February at Full Queer. Maybe even before then. They're definitely uh, love the Bash Bros. Um, Dave Turner and Chris uh, Chris Ross. Chris Ross. Chris Rossi. Chris um, Ross, yeah. Chris Ross, yeah. Um, great guy, super cool. But I would love to beat him up in the wrestling. <laughs> I just love how nonchalantly you say, "Love him, want to beat him up, want to beat them up." <laughs> Me and Fab, we want to beat you up. <laughs> how how awesome has it been? Like, obviously, you talk about being the close relationship you have with Fab. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, Fab is not a member of the community. He's he's an ally. Yeah. Um, but a very, very strong one at that. And someone who's been like by your side for, for as long as you've been back in pro wrestling, what's it been like for you to kind of have someone who isn't part of the community being so supportive at the, at the same time? Honestly, with Fab, I really, I have so much love and respect for him. I really consider him like a little brother because I was the youngest in my family. So I had younger nieces and nephews, but Fab is 24 years old. So he's somebody that I'm very protective of, like in a brotherly way. And um, I don't know, I, in locker rooms, like at the East Bay Pro locker room, I'm kind of like the cool uncle, right? Where <laughs> if some shit's happening, I'm the one who will go talk to the boss because I'm like the cool uncle who can defuse any kind of 
tension. Uh, you know, because at my age, I know like, hey, what's the shit to really get upset about? And what's the stuff like, hey, I know how to resolve this in a really um, uh, non-confrontational, really cool way. And um, with Fab, that's just kind of, he's just um, been really cool and somebody that I consider uh, a brother. So um, he, and just how, how cool it is where, um, like between me, him and Poyo, we're just like a lot of, most of the time we're all on the same page. And, um, and it's, it, it's been such a non-issue for him as far as, um, you know, any kind of LGBTQ plus stuff. It's just like, okay, that's cool. I love it, whatever. Um, he's, he, there's a few of us, we've done a fundraiser at the Lone Star and it was like the coolest thing to have uh, my colleagues there, like my friends who are pro wrestlers, go to the Lone Star and help sell jello shots and stuff and beer cups. Um, and that's, I, I think because we live in the Bay Area, it's such a really cool progressive bubble that we're in where a lot of the, probably 99.9% .9 of my experiences have been um, super cool, super accepting. And people have just been like, you need help i'm down to help with whatever yeah well, that's awesome to hear and, and hopefully as as more spaces within pro wrestling kind of start to have more people that represent these communities within them we start to see more of that attitude yeah. become more prevalent yeah. and it, it already is honestly and it's, it's yeah. amazing to see well i'm sure that this event coming up this weekend is going to be uh, a lot of fun and I love that it's honoring the community so much so that I know that you haven't revealed the title belt yet but I I've gotten the scoop and I've seen it and I will yeah. say it's a very nice looking title I love <laughs> the the little nods to the bear community that are on it yeah. as well um talk to me a little bit about um this match coming up for that belt are you can you reveal how who will be competing for the Lone yes. Star title so it's going to be a few of the names. It's going to be Moxie, uh, Fabuloso Fabricio, um, Rick Luxury, um, Robert Taylor. He just won the East Bay Pro heavyweight title. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Robert. Um, DLA, who's an up and coming wrestler. Um, uh, those are a few of them. I'm going to be in the tournament because the Lone Star um, asked me to be there just, you know, I even bar backed a few shifts with them. I, I told myself like, you know, once we come back from the pandemic, I'm not going to bar back anymore with all the years that I did it, um, on the weekends, but I love that bar so much. They asked me and, uh, and then when we, we put together the show, uh, they had asked me, hey, you know, you're doing all this work. We would like you to participate as well. So uh, I told him, yeah, okay, of course, right? I'm, I'm, I have such a hard time telling the Lone Star no anyways. So um, yeah, that is, uh, those are a few of the names involved. So it's gonna be four matches in the first time block and the second time block, it'll be the two matches and then the third time block we end the street fair show with the finals ah awesome yeah no that's gonna be i i, I that's gonna be a lot of fun honestly i'm ex yeah. i'm excited to see who comes out the first ever lone star champion and to see 
how that bell gets defended uh, around. So, And we will have our personal videographer there. David Edge should be there to um, record highlights of the matches. So that'll be really, that'll be really neat. I don't think we're going to stream this one, but a few days later we'll have the match highlights, which will be really cool. Oh, that's awesome. I would, yeah. like, I, I am very curious to see, see what goes down uh, at, yeah. at the Bears of Street Fair this weekend. Yeah. So, well, Marco, uh, thank you so much for, for taking Absolutely. the time to chat. Um, let everybody know where they can find you online. Oh, it's so easy. It's at Marco, M-A-R-C-O, Mania 51. That's, so, that's uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I should have like the TikTok and Snapchats and stuff, but I have enough trouble keeping up just with those three. So <laughs> you don't want to overload yourself. <laughs> don't. So no. I, I like, I like, I like being able to spend time with my emotional support puppy. Exactly. And honestly, that might be where your time is best spent yes. instead of, instead of the TikTok. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Marco. Absolutely. My thanks once again to Marco for taking the time to chat. Um, I'm super excited for what he has in store with uh, Full Queer going forward. You know, uh, crossing fingers for that Valentine's Day weekend show and, you know, that all of his goals, whether it be with Full Queer or as part of Money, Power, Respect or the agenda or any other thing that he does in pro wrestling, uh, continues to move forward and build because, you know, the West Coast can always use more places for uh, LGBTQ pro wrestling representation. Um, you know, we we have a voice in the community out here too, and they're getting celebrated, and it only is going to keep growing from here. It's outstanding to see. Well, um, that's going to do it for us here this week on the show. Like I said in the opening, be sure to keep your eye on the show's Twitter account as well as my personal Twitter account. Um, for on Monday for the uh, QWI Awards nominations uh, post there. So all of you can click on that and let me know who uh, you believe uh, is the best of 2021 in the various categories that we're going to have up there. Um, keeping those a little close to the vest until we put that out there, but you'll see it and, and it'll, be, um, it'll be fun. Trust me. Uh, but that being said, we are going to say goodbye for this week. Um, and you know, we'll be back next week with another awesome interview. I can actually tell you who the interview is going to be. Um, you know, I'm I live in Portland now. I almost said I'm from Portland. I'm not, <laughs> but I live in Portland now. And, um, you know, on this show, we've talked about the Pacific Northwest scene a bit. Obviously last week we talked about, WAC and DOA, two companies that are doing great things out here alongside other companies like Defy and Prestige um, and other places uh, around here, Relentless up in Spokane, doing some great stuff uh, in the Pacific Northwest. But we are going to be talking to a uh, Pacific Northwest staple next week uh, who also is involved in uh, running without a cause. We're going to have one half of the Bash Brothers, the Black Sheep, Dave Turner, on the show next week. Looking forward to it. But until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated. And go watch Black Girl Magic over on IWTV. Trust me. Everybody's ready to 
拜。